0: Welcome to the Jill on Money podcast. It is Friday, December 4th, and we're going to get a jobs report out today. The month of November. We'll give you the update tomorrow when we do the the intro, but anywhere between 300,000 jobs created to 600,000 jobs created all over the place. I guess consensus is at about four something. So that would be in a normal times, Uh, 400,000 jobs would be huge. It'd be great. We're not in normal times. What we are going to focus on and what we're really going to be looking at in this report is where is the rate of, where is the pace of job creation really slowing down? And, you know, obviously there are some sectors that are doing gangbusters, others, not so much, but overall, We need more people to be working. We still have, you know, even with 400,000 jobs, that's almost 10 million fewer jobs that existed before the pandemic. So want to keep an eye on that. Want to keep an eye on the number of people who are moving off of regular unemployment into long-term unemployment, meaning they're out of work for more than 26 weeks. It's really dangerous because that's when you start losing your skills and people get disheartened. It's not great. So we'll give you all that information tomorrow when we have our lovely weekend interview. You're going to love this one. And for now, just remember, if you've got a financial question, send us an email, Ask Jill at jillonmoney.com. Let us know whether you want to come on the air. Hey, someone complained. I don't want to hear complaints like this. Oh, don't put people on the air who have too much money. Well, you want to come on the air, then say you're going to come on the air. We're going to put anyone on the air who wants to come on the air. So if you want to hear what is going on from my point of view in your financial life, you got to come on the air with us. Don't be carping about someone else coming on the air. They've got the guts to do it. So come on, we're all in this together, gang. Come on, we're a team. All right, let me shut up now. Nick writes, hi, Jill. My husband and I have been fans of yours for several years. We love, 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 your show. We also bought your book. Yeah. And enjoyed reading it. Thank you for all that you do. It's not entirely relevant for our question for today, but as background, we're both in our late thirties. We make about one hundred forty thousand dollars a year each. That's good. They max their thrift savings plans. They also do backdoor Roths. No debt other than mortgages on two cash flow positive rentals. We live in U.S. government provided housing. Mm, that's kind of great. Healthy emergency funds. Two hundred forty grand in cash. Here's the question for today. In the years we've been listening, we don't recall you talking much about I bonds purchased via the ever clunky treasurydirect.gov website. Do you recommend them or against them for any reason? It seems like they're a good option for an emergency savings money, given that rates of return, at least for inflation, are running about two times the 06 percent that we're getting on our high yield. We realize the limitations. Well, this is what you're realizing. This is why I don't talk about them that much, that they're $10,000 per year cap, and there's waiting periods and the clunky website. Did you mention that? Yes. You know, it's, it's not missing something. I can't stand dealing with treasurydirect.gov. Um, I really can't. I, for all the great websites that are out there from the federal government, chief among them, irs.gov, I just find this like a, a pain in the ass to deal with. So I don't like it. If you're, you know, generally speaking, if you're worried about inflation, you can buy tips, treasury inflation, protected securities. So, I mean, it's not a bad thing. It's just not ideal. So there's no downside for you guys. Thank you for writing though. Very happy. Glenda writes, I'm single, 59. I've got 60 grand in the bank. I've got a full-time job that I plan on staying at for another 10 years. Uh, Glenda makes $70,000 a year. I own a home. I'm renting right now. My house payment is $1,400 a month and I'm renting it for $2,400 a month. And I live with my daughter and only pay her $1,000 a month. Mm, That's called an arbitrage, my friends. House is going to be paid off in five years. I hope to be renting it until it's paid off and then sell it for 500 grand. I don't know how to manage all this money for retirement. Oh, Glenda, you sound like you probably will need a financial advisor. It could be a certified financial planner. It could be a CPA who's got some expertise. You're probably going to need someone. You're going to go to letsmakeaplan.org. Try that out. And that's a place where you can find some people. You can also check out NAPFA, N-A-P-F-A dot That's a good place to find a fee-only planner. So yeah, honestly, it sounds like that's going to be a little overwhelming. So you want someone on your side doing the planning work pay the price. It's not going to be cheap, but do it. Okay. Okay. Here is a question from Joe who says, thanks for the great podcast and advice. I'm 45 years old and single, no kids, except one fur baby. I hope that there's a picture. About seven years ago, I paid off the home that I live in by taking out money from my 401k and paying the penalties for it. I regretted taking the money. Hmm. I'm very conservative financially. I wanted to have peace of mind that if I lost my job, I would not lose my home. I work as a pharmacist for a large chain. It used to be secure, but I haven't had a raise in four years. Holy smokes. And many other workers have had actual decreases in pay due to restructuring. I've also heard of crazy conspiracies of people's debt potentially being canceled under a Biden administration, which I doubt would happen. Would you think it would be a good idea for me to take the home I have paid off with a current value of $440,000 in Colorado and get a fixed rate mortgage on it, leaving 20% down, right? So refinancing, essentially creating a mortgage and then investing the rest in an index fund or a taxable in a taxable brokerage account since the rates on mortgages are so low and I'm only 45. Okay. Some other numbers. High FICO score makes about 119 grand a year. Oh my God cost of living is about 30 grand a year, got 365 grand in retirement, 401k, another 139 in a Roth 401k, bunch of money, bunch of money, bunch of money. You know, why do you, you don't have to go all in as, uh, you know, so, so the best thing would be, yes, a 30 year fixed rate is definitely the best. You don't have to do it with, you know leveraging so much because i i'm what i'm hearing through the words that you've written is that you are conservative and if you are conservative then i'm wondering why not just maybe do you could do 50% and have that money and add it to your whole portfolio maybe you don't need to do the whole 80%. I think that there's there's something here it probably will help you it it seems to me you've got a good chunk of money in um, savings already, but certainly that money the additional money could be helpful. so you still have to balance that same question which is you know your your fear I don't want you to do this all over again. so you kind of if you're gonna do it, you're gonna have to pinky swear okay the the better way to do it would be to sell and do something else and go find something cheaper but I mean that's really the only way. He's got a big gain in the house, he bought the house for 275 grand seven years ago. It's 440 grand. There's not a tax implication to getting a mortgage on a paid off home. It is just a real question of like, how do you, that's a cash out refi. You can take as much money as you want. You know, right now, if it's worth 440 grand, you could get $220,000 out and do whatever you want with it. You can't have a, there's no tax benefit for you to do that. You cannot deduct the mortgage interest and invest it but you know, it's, it's an interesting idea. I think I would want to start by running my retirement numbers and see what you really need and then go from there. Oh, this next one is fabulous. This is, hold on. This is from Coco. Do you know what I did, Mark? I went straight down to the dog. (sighs) So cute. Hi, Jill and Mark. This year I have a lot to be thankful for, and your daily podcast is certainly one of the things I'm thankful for. That's so great. I look forward to it every day. I love starting the day off with your safe advice. I have a question about Roth conversions from my traditional IRA and rollover IRA. I'm 55, hubby is 58. We started slowing down a bit this year. It puts us into a lower federal tax bracket than past years. That's good. This year, we would hit the about $83,000 in W-2 and then another $30,000 for dividends and capital gains. Okay. I think starting from this year on, we have some room to convert a traditional IRA into a Roth. So they live in Washington state. So they've got a 401k, a traditional IRA, a rollover IRA, and a Roth IRA. Each of them has all four of those accounts. So there's a couple of things that you might want to consider. I don't know where your 401k is invested, but one thing that is important is that when you are starting to convert and do all these things, it's sometimes easier to have everything sort of tidied up a little bit. I don't know, maybe you'd want to combine these accounts just to have one IRA. I'm not sure if you want to preserve the need to put that money into your current 401ks. So yeah, I mean, I love the idea of doing a conversion. You do have some room because the tax bracket is going, you know, kind of brings you 24% will keep you at, uh, under 300 grand, 22%. You have to keep it to under 172 grand. So you could start doing it. So here are the questions. Does it matter which bucket I start converting my traditional versus a, uh, a rollover? It doesn't really matter. Although again, I would say that it would be nicer if you had just one IRA account each, but that's just me. We contributed to a traditional IRA. We didn't get any tax benefits over the last five years. Do I need to factor that in? You contributed to a traditional IRA. So you did a non-deductible IRA. Where's that in this calculation? I don't see that. Yes, you have to factor that in. That's going to float around and cause you problems. You've got to figure out how to make sure that that is separated. We've contributed to a Roth IRA this year. Does it matter at all when we convert? No since we're getting close to 59 and a half years of age, five-year rule doesn't seem to apply, correct? No, that's not correct. The five-year rule always applies, okay? It is true that the more you can convert to a Roth, the better off you will be because you have better control of your tax situation. You can reduce your required minimum distributions. The question that is as written here from Coco is, should I aim to convert as much as I can before getting to required minimum distributions? Yes, that is true. Yes, you should. But I don't think you're going to get there because you have this old IRA. You got a lot of money, got like a million bucks. So you do the best you can. But I think your idea is correct. I think you're going to have to be just be careful that this non-deductible IRA is accounted for somewhere because it's not exactly a Roth IRA. So you got to be careful with this and that we try to really consolidate these accounts. I'm sort of thinking that, I don't know, maybe your 401k is lousy, but if it's a good 401k, I would wonder if maybe you take your rollover and you put it into your existing 401k, same with your husband, and then you guys just work hard on converting the traditional IRAs. I don't know, something to think about. And here's another one, last one, year-end Roth conversion, This is from Anonymous Anonymous, which is uh, two names, Anonymous and last name Anonymous, who is an avid fan of the podcast. And Anonymous says, it's part of my daily morning routine. I want your opinion on a recommendation from our financial advisor. Here's the information. I'm 57. My wife is 56. I plan to retire at age 60. My wife may retire at 59 and a half, but most likely she's going to work full or more likely part-time beyond that. I make $130,000, she makes $100,000, $66,000 this year being as she started in the second quarter. I received a bonus of $18,000 this year. She is currently collecting a pension, 48 grand a year with 3% COLA. We have $2.3 million in retirement accounts, $127,000 in Roth and $400,000 in rollovers. When I retire, I will have the option of a lump sum of $560,000 or an annuity. She's currently maxing 401k. I plan to start next year. I have a 15 grand in HSA. We have $56,000 in a high yield savings account, 40,000 in regular checking, monthly expenses, $9,000. Okay. Advisor recommending we max out Roth conversions this year while remaining in the 24% marginal tax bracket. He's estimating a tax of $29,000 on the conversion. He will work with our CPA to confirm. He suggests tapping into our cash accounts to pay the tax due. He's also considering whether my wife should stop her 401k contributions in the future in order to pay the taxes of these future conversions. I'm a big proponent of paying taxes now in order to reduce taxes later when we have to start taking RMDs. What is your opinion on this recommendation? I'm all in. I'm in. It's this, it's, I love this idea. And I think that many of you are kind of getting onto this bandwagon of converting. And I think that's such a great idea because not only do we know that tax rates are low, but we hear these stories all the time about people whose RMDs start to throw them into disadvantageous positions in retirement. So I love the idea. I wholeheartedly. Um, we'll endorse it. And if you have a question yourself about your own Roth or Roth conversions or how to manage the process, be sure to send us an email. It's askjill at jillonmoney.com. Jill at jillonmoney.com. Hey, don't forget, we're trying to expand our universe of you guys, of our Peloton, our Jill on Money team. And we would only be able to do this with your help. So if you can try to get some of your friends and family or whoever to subscribe to our podcast, you can just direct them to our front door of our website to jillonmoney.com. And please leave us a rating and a review. That would be so great. Okay. As always, wash your hands, wear your masks, maintain your physical distancing, and try to put your hands metaphorically on someone's back today. It will make you feel better. It will make them feel better. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you tomorrow.